Welcome to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan. I'm the football grump, and with me as always is my cohort, Mike the Cranky Fan. Tip of the tongue, Grump. Tip of the tongue. How are you doing today? <laughs> Teeth in the lips. We're doing great over here. It's pretty hot, We're, but that just means that we're heading closer and closer to training camp. We are one week away as of the time of this recording, and... I'm excited. It's one of those things where you're away from it for so long and you're doing the countdown for so long that football season is here, guys. Seven days away is training camp. It's here. It's now. It's amazing because it's the big tease. You know, I always say like you get so excited. Oh, that first preseason game. I can't wait to watch it. And then like nine minutes in, you're like, ugh. This shit. I mean, you <laughs> when's, the, when's regular season going to start? Those, you say that when the games aren't. When the those, games are on, you say that. Those four weeks go quick. Five, if you want to count the Hall of Fame game, they go quick because, um, you know, things like injuries happen. There's there's stories. Things are happening. People are getting cut, which you know you know surprise veterans or something. They become free agents. They start going to the market. There's the buzz, and this month will go by really quick. I can promise you that. And oh yeah, the least the least interesting thing about the next month are the actual four preseason games. It's probably you know, true. Uh, yeah. Uh, one interesting thing you said about the, the Hall of Fame game, they've mixed it up this year, that now the game is on Thursday night. Because remember what happened last year where they canceled the game because the field was in bad shape after the um, the, the, the Hall of Fame ceremonies? Yeah. What, what so, happened? Was it a storm or something? I don't remember. No, what happened was they – for years, they always used to have the Hall of Fame induction outside of Can. the Hall of Fame itself. In Can, like right? right outside, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, right outside the building. And then they would have the Hall of Fame game at uh, Fawcett Field or Fawcett Stadium, whatever it's called. But last year they moved the ceremony to Saturday night onto the field, like your high school graduation or something. And it tore the shit out of the field so it wasn't ready. They couldn't play the game. So the game got canceled. So this year what they're doing is they're making it the game on Thursday night. Um, and then like Saturday will be – the ceremonies and Sunday they're having some concert, I think. So a little bit of a mix around of how they're doing that. So Giants aren't in it, so who cares? Yeah, but, yeah. Know. I was going to say we're going to issue a retraction. The most boring thing about the month will be the Hall of Fame. Everything you just talked about. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to continue going forward with uh, a, the Giants schedule preview. The last team, the last game that we left off at was the San Francisco 49ers. So we're going to jump ahead to the Kansas City Chiefs. It's uh, Sunday, November 19th, and it will be at home at 1 o'clock. And that's going to play a big part into it, the fact that we're not playing in Kansas City. If you want to be a serious contender to win the, win the division and really a serious contender to win the Super Bowl, you have to win this game. Oh, absolutely. These are those games, you know, some of those, if this game was in Kansas City, you know, you'd be like, it'd be nice to win. It really would help the numbers out and help, the, you know, shake out. But at home, you know, it's a one o'clock game. There's zero excuses. You know, I, I don't care how good Kansas City is. It's a game you have to win at home. I agree. And and playing Kansas City in Kansas City is uh, horrible. I mean, that is a home field advantage for sure. Um, but playing them at home... They don't, they're not one of those teams like we had discussed earlier in, in a previous episode that has some sort of national presence. No. Uh, they're not one of those teams. Uh, and and even, and even their fans who do show up are some of the nicest people you ever met. You know, those Kansas <laughs> City guys, you know, they're they're just fat and happy and happy to be in the big city. So, you know, I, we played – they played here, I don't know, six, seven years ago maybe. And I remember sitting next to some guys and they're, they're just nice guys. So – 
you're right. It's not like having Raider fans show up or something who's really obnoxious or, you know, Cowboy fan, which, you know, we don't have to talk about them at all. But, but like I was saying, that's a game you have to win. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. This game, looking at it on paper, this is another this this is the exact same thing we just talked about. I mean, this is a decent defense, right? A, a little bit different. I mean, Justin Houston and Tom Bahali are a little bit long in the tooth, but I mean, you have all pro safety Eric Berry back there. Marcus Peters is a fantastic corner. Um and and quite frankly, a, a good coach in Andy Reid. Uh, a frustrating coach to play against. I think he's a very good student of the game. I think he knows how to win and how to motivate his players. Um, what will be interesting about this game is the Kansas City Chiefs drafted Pat Mahomes. We are now in the latter half of the season. What are the chances that Pat Mahomes is playing instead of Alex Smith? Well, Alex Smith is uh, – he could be hurt. I mean I think they'd have to have a disastrous season for him to play right away. Um, you know, I eh, I don't know. We're getting into what week – 11 yep. week 11 that's eh, a tough division but they could still be right up there for a wild card I, I, I unless something happens to Alex Smith I don't expect to see him in, in this game or really expect to see him at all this year uh, so for for people who hadn't heard our draft analysis or our player analysis Pat Mahomes was in my opinion in the long run the best quarterback in this draft in in the long run, if he had a good coach to help get his mechanics straight, I thought he was fantastic quarterback. Uh, that being said, his mechanics are a mess, so I don't expect to see him this year. However, if he's progressing underneath Andy Reid, who proclaims himself to be a quarterback whisperer, um, <laughs> if they're out of the race by you know weeks fourteen, fifteen, and he's progressing, why not? I mean, he might be playing this year he shouldn't be but if he's progressing and they're out of the race i would be shocked if this team's out of the race in week 11 shocked just based on the division yeah i just think they're a pretty good team too i mean they're all right i mean there's not a whole lot i mean okay okay we'll we'll go through it we're we're not really doing a good job here um you know they have a great (laughs) right tackle with mitchell schwartz eric fisher's not a bad left tackle he's not great either the running backs you know spencer ware charkandrick west kareem hunt cj spiller i mean these are just names i know like i I, they put up stats in the past i think spencer ware is probably the best of them and then they have tyreek hill is the big name on offense but that guy's such an asshole he's probably going to get suspended at some point in his career (laughs) i'm not even i'm not even kidding you i think honestly if there's the biggest scumbag in the league it's tyreek hill Based on his his past actions, well, uh, what's his name? Uh, Joe Hickson just came into the league, so he could be up there as well. But I mean, I guess so. I'm not even sure. Well, okay, killed okay. Me. If you're on that short list, you're still a prick. Let's put it that yeah, way. Exactly. Um, so when I look at this offense, especially if Alex Smith is the one manning the helm, I know that I know how far got they got last year, et cetera. But I don't see the firepower here. I really don't. Um, oh, I'm sorry. We are missing Travis Kelsey, who's probably probably the biggest threat on that offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a team. They're a team that's you know well prepared by Andy Reid. They're usually a nine and seven, ten and six team, and then Andy Reid himself screws it up by bad clock management or bad in game management. So, but again, I, 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 again, if you're out of contention by week eleven, you are you know at, at that point probably four and. Seven, yeah, 
I, I don't see them as a four and seven team. That's a that's a fair point. Yeah, they, I don't think they'll be out of contention by week eleven. But mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of other things. You know, there there could be some discontent with the coach. You know, who who knows if Andy Reid is on the hot seat? The, the NFL is very weird like that. I mean, Kansas City's not really the place where there's a hot seat on the head coach after one right. year. And Andy Reid's the kind of the guy who doesn't seem to be a hot seat kind of guy. I mean, how long was he in Philly, which is a major hot seat, you know, city? Do you get the sense he was really on the hot seat for years? Only because the organization's a mess that we all sort of understand it was coming and Chip Kelly was coming in. Um, and because Chip Kelly was such a hot NFL name. I, and, that was, and that was that grass is always greener. Oh, you know, man, with, and with that Chip was Kelly. such a fucking disaster. What? The guy's been a. The guy's been such a. I mean, th- I've had this debate with a friend of mine on the college side about you know Chip Kelly. If have him in, coming back to college would be would you be worried as a Florida Gator fan if he went back to Tennessee? I'm like, I think the guy is such damaged goods right now. I mean, remember he left college only because he got around a, a, a suspension, basically a year suspension from the college game. He was a complete flameout for two years for two different teams in the NFL. I mean. What are you telling recruits right now? Hey, you know, I'm, I was an NFL coach, but you sucked for two different teams. You completely, what you're trying to have so much control and power, you alienated everybody in a very, very short amount of time for each. So I think the guy is damaged goods beyond repair. Chip Kelly sucks, and we can move on. Uh, yes. You already said this has to be a win. Do you think it is a win? I think it is a win. I think this is a team, like, you know, if we've been – you know, talking about all off season, getting ready for our you know fall camp reviews and everything. I think this is a team that's a division winning, legitimate competitor for the Super Bowl. And I think if if I think they are, this is a game they need to win. I think the game they will win. So I'm putting this as a win. I'm going to agree with you. Um, I I don't foresee a whole lot of issues. I think Tyreek Hill probably breaks one if he plays. I think Travis Kelsey is like an issue for us, but I don't think it's a game that we lose simply because we're good. We're, we're good at stopping the run. We're good at putting pressure on it. And Alex Smith sucks, and I think mm-hmm. I think that alone is enough to help us win this one. It's going to come down to this schedule. We can break it down by the quarterbacks we're playing. You know how good or bad are they? How good would they be able to exploit us? Yes or no? So I don't see a guy like Alex Smith at at the Meadowlands being that guy. Of course, if we play him in Arrowhead, he probably has one of those 19 for 22 games and just shreds us. But I don't see that happening at home. No, I don't see that happening at home either. Uh, again, that's that's a bona fide home field advantage over there, um, especially if it's a night game. So moving on from the Kansas City game, we go right into four days later. The Giants will play the Redskins in Washington on Thanksgiving at 8:30. It's the first time that we'll play the Redskins all all year. This has disaster written all over it, I think. I disagree. I mean, I think of, you know, the Redskins have never been a primetime team. They've always looked like shit when they play on primetime. I remember, you know, we played there a couple of years ago on a Thursday night game, and it, we beat the hell out of them. Uh, I, I, I think this is where that run continues for us. I, I, I you know, I just don't think they're a very good team. I, I you know, Quarterback situation has to be figured out. They got to. They, that's we're talking before about the, the franchise tag. They got to get this resolved sooner or later. And you know we might have a pissed off quarterback. You know you're getting into, you know the way the Redskins kind of are with their season is usually this is the t- time of year they they completely fall apart or start their late run. Yeah. I don't. 
I don't think there's a team that's that's good enough to have that run. I think we're going to catch him at the exact right time. You'd think so, huh? Yeah. So I I see this this game being a disaster in that I don't think it's going to be a close game at all. I think either we're going to beat the shit out of them or we are just going to fall on our face when we go running out there. The good news is that we are coming off of a relatively short well, I mean, we're both coming off of a short week. They're they're coming from playing the Saints, and we are coming from playing Kansas City. Like we said, we could be on a run where we have the bye week, then we have the Rams, we have uh, the Niners, then we have Kansas City. If those three are wins and we're on a roll, that's great. They, on the other hand, had their bye week way back at the beginning of October. Way back at the beginning of October. October 8th is their bye week. So they are not coming off of any sort of rest. They're playing the Saints before that, the Vikings before that, the Seahawks before that, the Cowboys. That's not a fun stretch going into playing us on Thanksgiving. So this very well could be a disaster for them. But I think the fact that we hadn't played them yet might play into their favor. It's going to be strange. I, I, I just I, I just imagine that whatever this game is, it's going to be one fan base is going to have their head in their hands by the third quarter, just giving up on it. Thanksgiving night's a weird game. You know, the mayors have said they will never try to have a home game on Thanksgiving night. They don't believe in it. Uh, you know, we, we played in Denver about, I don't know, six, seven years ago, got our asses kicked. And I think we all kind of knew that was going to happen. The benefit, another benefit for us is that's one of those trips we don't have to take a plane. We'll take a, a, a charter train down there too, so it's less wear and tear on these guys for travel purposes. So, do you think the fact that this is the eight thirty uh, Thanksgiving game plays any part into this? I mean, obviously they get the longer rests, however negligible that is. At least they get to sleep in a little bit on Thanksgiving Day, coming on the short week, but. Do you think that plays into it? Do you think they're tired? Do you think they're anxious to leave? Uh, I think it's, you know, Thursday night games are terrible. You you see the product when you watch a Thursday night game. It's just these teams don't have the, the physical turnaround time to get healthy from the previous week. Is a lot less time for coaching preparation. You know, you barely have more than glorified walkthroughs during the week. So, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, Do you think the 8.30 game has a more advantage or disadvantage versus the 1 o'clock Thanksgiving game? I think they'd rather – well, I don't know because you have to sit around and think about it all day too. I don't know if that helps you mentally or not. So I think it's negligible difference. Okay. Not, I don't think it makes any difference at all from a physical standpoint. I think it might possibly be a slight negative on the uh, the mental standpoint. You know, this is a, this is kind of a relatively unmarqueeish game. I, I would say Giants Washington because Washington can't, you know, they don't uh, they don't carry their weight. If this was a, a part of the Sunday night schedule, you'd be like, this is one of the weaker Sunday night games, based on what they schedule for Sunday night. Well, based on July, I mean. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, you know, looking at this the week of, it could it could have severe implications. Well, definitely, will have implications in the NFC East, which will have implications on the NFC in general, since we assume that a wild card is going to come from this division. At least in July, we assume that there's a wild card coming from this division. Right, but if we're but if we're doing the Just Broncos podcast, we're not looking at this game and circling and being like, "Wow, big time marquee game." There's no there's no reason to be excited about this game because there's no legacy here. And this is a traditional like from a traditional standpoint, this is a marquee it's a, game. 
it's a regional rivalry. It's a division rivalry and a regional rivalry of a you know the I ninety five corridor. But you know I I think the whatever national following Washington has eroded away from being irrelevant for so long. Yeah, yeah. You know the Giants are a national team, but again I don't think this is must see TV if you're living in Seattle. Well, there's a whole other dynamic to it, right? This is the eight thirty game on Thanksgiving. Black Friday now is pretty much Thanksgiving. By eight thirty, stores are open. And people True. are shopping. So, and, and that's a relatively new thing as well. So on paper, since we've discussed the intangibles of the Thanksgiving ga- game with, with Washington, what about the on-paper comparison of these two teams? Where do you see the strength and weaknesses? Because this is not a run-first team despite having a pretty decent O-line. What do you think of Cousins, the quarterback? I think he's great. I, I think we, we've had this debate, you know, pre-podcast years, and even I think in the beginning on this podcast, where do we rank the four NFC East quarterbacks? And I think I made the comment in the past that all things considering, you, I, I would consider taking him right now. I you know, think he I would kinda, have benefited I, I, from not being on this team, to be honest with you. I think in a, yeah. in, if he had a more stable future, and you know, not that there's anything wrong with Jay Gruden as an offensive coordinator or head coach or anything like that. But if, if he were able to have grown in a stable environment where he didn't have to worry about not playing in that environment next year, I think there'd be no question that he would be the number one gun in the NFC East. But because of that, it's sort of stunted his growth a little bit. And we're sort of being like, yeah, well, Eli has two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs. He's a veteran. He does so much at the line of scrimmage. He does a lot. You know what I mean? Like we have that comparison, but I think if he had grown up in a stable environment, how many head coaches has he had here? He's not been around as long as Eli to have, you know, two or three is, yeah, you know. it's true. You look at it, I mean, he uh, he can move, that's for sure. I mean, he can run with the ball. He can get out of the pocket. He has tar- He has um, he has weapons at his disposal with Jordan Reed if he's healthy again this year. Uh, Terrell Pryor is somebody who has proved himself in Cleveland of all places. Um, you know, they've drafted Josh Doxson last year. He didn't really play much, but... You know, it typically takes wide receivers a year to uh, get integrated. Jameson Crowder, in his first year, uh, sorry, his second year last year was phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is this is a team with weapons. They don't really have much in terms of a run game, but they did draft Samaj P. Ryan. There's a real offensive presence there, and I think that it doesn't play into our strength. I think that we have the corners to cover, you know, a lot of weapons on offense, but we, we will struggle still a little bit with tight ends and using our linebackers in coverage. We've gotten much better in that area, but it's certainly not the strength of our defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, you're always going to have the, uh, the Beck of Norman thing is always going to be, you know, the headline grabber and stuff, especially it being Thanksgiving. Especially, oh, absolutely. You know, you're going to hear that's going to be a major storyline for those. And I guess the only benefit we have is we have to hear that story for three days instead of six days because yeah. of the short week. That's true. <laughs> but overall, Beckham has had has won those battles other than the one game, you know, in 2015 where he lost his cool. I, I, I think he's won the majority of, of the wars with, between those two. I think statistically that has been proven. The Redskins also drafted Jonathan Allen to join their abysmal defensive line. I mean, that puts a real damper on us because that plays right into our weakness. Yeah, he's he's a beast, you know, and that's something... Our offensive line can't block for shit. Jonathan Allen, especially if he hasn't already gotten accustomed to NFL speed by this point in the year, given the talent that he is, I think will, without question, be a problem for us. 
I mean, I don't know. It's it's really just him and Ryan Kerrigan that the offensive line is going to have to worry about. If it's only one or two guys, I think we can scheme for it. And here's something to think about as well with him. That a lot of times players hit the rookie wall around like the 13th or 14th week. Because he's been playing with Alabama and because they played in the national championship game the last couple of years, he's been playing 14, 15 games a year. Yeah. And that's, he's, that season goes from Labor Day to mid-January. So you're not going to get a guy who might be kind of getting winded or anything. He's still going to be in prime shape. So sure, something to think about. Yeah, and, and the back end of this defense isn't bad either. I mean, Bashad Breedland is not that good. Beckham abused him, and he started to lose his mind. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, th- this isn't a bad defense. This isn't a bad team. Yeah, so on paper, on paper, this team looks pretty decent, but nobody puts them, you know, if you look at the preseason projections for the division, it's always Dallas. Some people might say the Giants. Nobody has them even close. And would you say that the team was better last year on paper when they had Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon? I don't know. I, I kind of like how the defense is going this year, too, to make them a little better. So I think it's six one way, half dozen the other. Yeah. I, I just think they're a and, team, like I mentioned before, that they get hot or they get ice cold, and those periods run for eight weeks. And when they go bad, they take themselves out of you know any hope for making a wild card or a division. But then they've also, in the last couple of t- years – get on that run where like you know, the, the streak continues they've won seven in a row out of nowhere so yeah the point i was gonna make last year is that we had discussed at length that if the giants hadn't blown week three they oh. might have been out of if, if they lose week three i don't think gruden's the coach anymore and i think they may have had they might have drafted one of the, the quarterbacks like with one of the first couple of picks in the draft yeah like i said though i think the schedule for washington plays out in our favor and that they're coming off of three or four tougher games they're far removed from their their bye week, whereas we're coming off of probably the easiest stretch of our schedule, and including the bye week, this is the easiest stretch of our schedule, and it could be part of our little mini run. Right, it, it definitely plays in our favor, and I, I'm gonna pencil this one in as a win. But like I said, this could be the first stumble, just given the intangibles of it and the fact that we hadn't played Washington yet. Whoever wins this game, I think it's gonna be a blowout. I think it's gonna embarrass the other team. I think this is going to be a blowout win for us, too, because, again, I think we're going to be in the middle of a four-game winning streak. I, I think that we're catching him at the right time. Uh, again, Washington never plays well in prime time, especially against us. I, I put this as a win also. Getting ready for the, the gauntlet that's coming up for us. Yes, and that is a gauntlet. We will be <laughs> moving on Sunday, December 3rd. We'll be at the Raiders at 425, another West Coast game in the West Coast. Um, is where where is this game being played? It's not. It's. I think they are technically called the Las Vegas Raiders, but they are still playing in Oakland. Yes. I may be wrong about that, but I think there's some little quirky thing where they are like legally the Las Vegas Raiders at this point. Right, but for the the remainder of this season, they will be playing in uh, in Oakland, correct? I believe they're going to be playing in Oakland until the new stadium is built. I don't think they're moving to Sam Boyd Stadium in Vegas at all unless, you know, I, I, I think the way their lease structure is built is like one-year lease extensions. And I guess at some point it just gets too awkward or something. I believe they're going to be staying in Oakland for a couple of years. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't, and really, also, I didn't follow and I'm also, any of that shit. I, I I'm also really – I also will believe it when I see it that they actually are playing in Vegas – Something still tells me that that's not 100%, although everybody's saying it is. It just, it just seems like one of those weird things like the arena in Brooklyn. 
for the Nets. Like I never actually believed it until he actually started playing there. I, I feel kind of the same way about this. So all right, I I mean it's certainly weird. I don't know. Uh... I love it. I mean, I can't. I, I wish they were in Vegas this year. I'd be on the first flight out there. But yeah. you know, we'll wait. Jeez. We'll six years from now we'll make that trip. And, and all this has zero impact on the game in December. So. Well, uh, what I was going to say is they might start building a fan base because I think that this team is really, really good. Really, really good, I think the Oakland Raiders are. Um, you know, if Derek Carr is perfectly healthy, this is a really talented team from top to bottom. And, and like, there's not a whole lot of weak spots, and I, I'm penciling this one in as a loss. Yeah, I mean, there's no shame to say that you're going to lose on the road to one of the probably, on paper, three best teams in the AFC, maybe one of the five best teams in the NFL. So, you know, I don't look at this as we're saying they're going to lose. Like, oh boy, the Giants, you know, they're not that good. They can't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, they could beat this team on a neutral site, but playing in that hellhole, you know, with those fans who are going to be, you know... The Raider Nation is going to be a very defiant bunch because the team is leaving and they don't want them to go and everything. And, you know, I, I, I look at this game as a loss. I, I, I can't see this game might even be flexed to a night game, too. Yeah. Well, quite and frankly, that make it even worse for us. Quite, quite frankly, Raider Nation is going to have a lot to cheer about because I honestly think that this is a good team on paper. If I mean, you've got I mean, you, you can probably talk more about this guy than I can, but Amari Cooper, he's not considered like a top 15 receiver in the NFL. Who doesn't think he's a top 15 receiver? I don't know. He's not I, I, He's not generally discussed. Maybe maybe he's a top 15, but... He's like five to seven in my book. Yeah, I, in my book too. He's just generally not discussed, and I'm... I guess maybe... Maybe it's just because I don't watch as much AFC West. This is a team that, you know, before the car injury, I think a lot of people were saying that, you know, he's going to go to the Super Bowl. I certainly thought so. I, I yeah, I mean that's that's about as devastating an injury, you know, as anything I can. The, the most devastating injury I can think of something to a team that really hurt them, but the team survived and won a Super Bowl. I think was the 1990 Giants when Phil Simms went down. Yeah, and, I mean, if, if everybody remembers, we were uh, 11 and 0. We lost to San Francisco on that Monday night game, and then he got hurt and was out for the year. And it was one of those, oh my God, the season's over. Yep, you know. But we also Jeff Hustler turned out to be a much more capable backup. Well, he was a first round was, pick, was he not? I, I, he was either a first or second round pick from West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, but but the point was that team was built also on mm-hmm. on defense and, and and ball control and you know fantastic coaching. Um, so you know again if that's the type of injury this was where you went from a a, a Super Bowl a legitimate Super Bowl contender to a team that had no chance in the playoffs. Well, um, that's going to actually transition perfectly. So the Raiders did a, they, they were already a good team last year, um, and they did something to help them in case Derek Carr is not 100% right away or whatever. They signed Marshawn Lynch, who has been well-rested. Yeah, I'd say so. I think this whole thing was choreographed by Marshawn Lynch that he knew exactly what he was doing for the last two years. So I don't think he was sitting you know, at home on the couch eating bonbons for a year. I think he was – being prepared for this for this opportunity and you know i think he always wanted to play at home you know the stars are aligned that he can play at home before they move and i think it's a perfect fit it's a perfect situation for him and and for the raiders yeah i agree and this is a team that has one of the best offensive lines in the league it's not dallas cowboys but it's pretty close i mean the weakest link ironically is probably marshall newhouse who was signed from the giants to play right tackle 
Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Donald Penn is a great left tackle. It's, it's an offensive line that's good pass blocking and run blocking. So yeah. they, they, they are monsters. These guys can push piles. Um, and on the outside, you've got Amari Cooper. You've got Michael Crabtree, Cordell uh, Patterson. Those are three first-round picks. Even if some of them busted a little bit as first-round picks, they're still talented individuals. Um, you know, you've got Marshawn Lynch running in the back. You've got Clive Walford, who was, I think, a third-round pick, tight end out of Miami. He was He's a physical specimen. I mean, he can do it all. This, this is a good offense. And then on the other side of the ball, you've got some great pass rushers with Khalil Mack, Bruce Irvin, Mario Edwards is pretty decent. Um, one of my favorite guys in college, uh, their, la- their first-round pick last year, Carl Joseph out of West Virginia strong safety. It's it's a solid it's a solid roster front front to back and uh barring any catastrophic injuries, I think they may be my Super Bowl pick from the AFC this year. Yeah. I, I see it very difficult for the Giants coming in there and winning. It'd be really impressive if they I mean no it's not impossible that it's gonna happen, but I certainly I think I'm gonna put this one not in pencil but in pen and it's a loss. Yeah. Well I mean it's so late in the season though there are there are things that will factor into it, but at full strength I will say this one is a is a loss. The only upside is that because the Giants are playing on Thanksgiving, they have an extra bit of rest. So I don't think that the trip to the West Coast is really going to hurt them. Yeah, the extra rest will help. But um Yeah, yeah. I mean going to the West Coast is not gonna help. Playing a premier team is not gonna help, so Let's just put this one as a loss and get to the uh, that final quarter of the season, which is, you know, it's division heavy and it's home heavy, which is nice. Yeah, and if the Giants can go in here on a roll, and it's unfortunate the, that the Raiders are in their way because we went through it and we you, you seem to think that they're coming off the bye and they're going Rams, Niners, Chiefs, Redskins, all as wins, and you think they're steamrolling their way through it. Uh, it's unfortunate the Raiders are in the way, but if if they can keep the ball rolling, if they can play well even if they lose, the Cowboys, Eagles, Cardinals, Redskins, they're all in for a world of hurt. Yeah, I mean, it, that, that's – I think if anything, it's a pretty good time to have that Raider game because you don't want to have it like, okay, we got to win these last two games. Yeah. You get that final gut check and that, you know, that final temperature check game. You have it, you know, the first week in December, so you have that final four. You know, I think uh, – what do you think the record needs to be at this point right now to have a real comfort, to, you know, to win a division? Like where, where do – what would, what would be good to you at this point? 12-0. <laughs> no. Uh, in all honesty, I think 8-4 and four is probably um, close to the maximum of what they're going to get. I mean it, w- it would be pretty pretty amazing if they had – any less than four losses at this point. Eight and four, and if you worst case scenario split the last two, that puts you at ten and six. But that also means if you split those last two, you probably have whew, potentially one or two division losses in there. So, you know, eight and four with eight and four, and you go three and one. The final three, all of a sudden, now you're talking eleven and five. You're absolutely in the playoffs and definitely competing for the East. All right, that's going to be it for us. All right, till next week. Till next week. Uh, again, you can follow us at Just Giants Pod on Twitter or me at football underscore grump. You can drop us a line at JustGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. 
Remember to follow us on SoundCloud for Just Giants Podcast or to uh, look us up on iTunes and download our episodes there. Yeah, when you're on iTunes, you know, leave a review and a rating. You know, a five-star rating always helps. Your reviews help us get to the top of the other list for Giant Podcast. So uh, we, we appreciate the support. That's it for us. Go Giants. Go Giants.